State Farm meets my needs, plus I get to control how and what I want for my budget. And I do it all from their award-winning mobile app. Surprisingly great rates. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. A former child actor gets his close-up during Oprah's interview with Harry and Meghan. CBS's Diane King Hall. CBS is known as the Tiffany. Oh, goodness. All right. Anyway, CBS's Diane King Hall has that story for you right now in about a, a second from now. Sorry about that. Here we go. Uh, here's Diane. Here's the story of a man named Brady who sells the most popular chairs on the planet. Prince Harry and Meghan sit down with Oprah spawned plenty of stories, but viewers also seemed enamored with the wicker chairs they were in. Christopher Knight, who played middle child Peter Brady on The Brady Bunch, sells the outdoor furniture. He posted to Facebook that they are now sold out everywhere. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. This is an advertisement paid non-attorney spokesperson Ricky LeBlanc admitted in Massachusetts only. Sokolov Law LLC, Chestnut Hill, Mass. Paul J. Morgan, Winter Park, Florida. Greg Hobby, New Jersey. Michael Bro Gonzalez admitted Louisiana. While this firm maintains joint responsibility, most cases of this type are referred to other attorneys for principal responsibility. Mesothelioma. If you know what mesothelioma is, you or someone you love has likely been affected by this devastating cancer. You may be entitled to compensation. Call Sokolov Law today. 1-800-578-2400. The only known cause of mesothelioma is asbestos exposure. Thousands of U.S. veterans and trade workers are at risk for the disease. Nearly $30 billion in court-ordered trust has been set aside to pay money to asbestos victims. If you or a loved one has been diagnosed with mesothelioma, call now. You may be able to receive compensation without ever going to court or filing a lawsuit. Call for a free legal consultation at 1-800-578-2400. That's 1-800-578-2400. one 800 578 2400. Weenie Wednesday. Corn dogs and regular hot dogs, 99 cents each. Open 10:30 a.m. until 9 p.m. Head on over to Larry's Doghouse at 410 West Union Street in Athens. Truck lovers, listen up. Whether you want it dressed up, hooked up, jacked up, or souped up, Trucks by Design can fix you up. From high-pressure spray and bed liners, DOT safety lightings, step bars and hitches to suspension and body lifts, performance parts and accessories, and aftermarket wheels and tires. Trucks by Design has you tonneau covered. Find them on Facebook and at 16645 Cannonville Hills Road, Cannonville. These days we're all doing a lot more virtually, which is why at Ohio Health, we've expanded our virtual care options and availability to make it even easier to get safe expert care at home. That includes virtual visits with over a thousand trusted providers in every medical specialty. Learn more about our virtual health options at ohiohealth.com slash virtual health. Are you ready for an upgrade for your home? Then check out Superior Renovations in Albany for all your home improvement needs. Superior Renovations is a family-owned business of over 20 years specializing in bathroom and kitchen remodelings. Superior Renovations is committed to superior quality and results. For your free estimate, call 740-517-8795. Great references and great prices available for your next project. Superior Renovations, 27480 Old State Route 346 in Albany. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-M. 
Another gorgeous morning out there. Look at it, 45 degrees right now, headed up to 72. Wow. Enjoy it today because it's going to be a little less than that next few. Hey, we got a special edition today, a new business opening in town. In fact, I think it's opening tomorrow. We'll find out for sure in a moment. And it's unique. And we hope you understand how unique it is as we get through today's program. Well, joining me via telephone today is Joel Lofman. Good morning, Joel. Good morning, Dave. How are you? There you are. Good. I'm doing fine. And, um, boy, this this um, this project you have, and you've had many, uh, but this project that's uh, getting underway, let's see, is today the 10th? Yes. Okay, so tomorrow. Yes. Um, you're opening up at 9 a.m. with a ribbon cutting and all that sort of thing, and it's called the Ornery Vets Cafe. Now, you've had other enterprises, and before we get into a bunch of this, let me just back up a notch. Um, tell me, where you, where were you raised? I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Okay, what part of Cleveland, just for kicks? Like, Born in the Huff area and graduated from Lakewood High School. Lakewood was uh, very important in my family. My my, anyway. So that's that's cool. Clifton Beach, all that stuff. Now, um, yeah. you um, you got drafted, I assume, right? Yes, I did. So did I. And uh-huh. uh, yeah, and uh, I got drafted. In 1970. Now you had been in two years at that point, right? Yeah, I got drafted in '68. You need to stop into the cafe and sign our pillar of strength. We have our local veterans signing this pillar in the cafe, so you need to come in and do that, Dave. Pleased to do it, and uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm I'm excited about this project. So. Um, now, wh- when did you first become associated with Athens? I came down here in 71. Okay. I got here in 73. Well, you're just a rookie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, um, so, my, okay, you were in uh, combat service, right? Yeah, I was artillery attached to the infantry. Okay. <clears throat> And and spent, uh, were you actually in Vietnam? Yeah, I was there for a year. Okay. See, I, I was uh, military intelligence, and I worked at Sink Pack, which was Admiral John yeah, John McCain. His oh, fa- really? His father. Oh, I see, yeah. Yeah, he... Uh... <clears throat> He was quite a guy, both of them, actually. But it, it, it's nice to know that you were in military intelligence. I always thought of that as an oxymoron. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that said before. Um, no, it was a fascinating experience, and I actually was kind I'll bet of. It was. I was in charge of Laos and um, Cambodia. But uh, anyway, so <laughs> all this stuff, 
uh, and bear in mind, I I was uh, E5, right? Um, spec 5, I guess they called it. And uh, But my, my JTD line number was that of a Marine Corps lieutenant colonel. It, wow. Yeah, these joint commands are all weird. Um, yeah, it seems so. Yeah. Well, anyways, so now, what brought you? What brought you to Athens in '71? Well, I was going to Cleveland State at the time, and yeah. uh, my brother was going down here and invited me down for a party, and I never left. Yes, I, I we haven't we heard that before? Yes, yeah, sir. That story. So um, you've been here. Um, just a few years beyond me. Now, yep. it must suit you. Yeah, I like it here. I wouldn't live anywhere else at this point in my life. Now, what have been some of the things you've been involved in in Athens in these years? Well, I had a, roof, I had a roofing company for a few weeks. That didn't work out. I had a... Uh, uh, airless paint spraying business for years and years. Then I bought a couple rentals, and then my wife and I started Magic Video. Oh, yes. And then I sold all my rentals, and I'm right here at the Ornery Vets Cafe. Well, you know, I I looked up the word ornery. I thought I knew what it meant, and I was pretty much right. <laughs> It says grouchy, grumpy, cranky, crotchety, cantankerous, bad-tempered, stubborn, obstinate, mulish, pig-headed, bull-headed, and I can't even pronounce this next one because I really ah. I, it's a word I don't know. But um, ornery, um, why did you select that? Well, I guess because it describes me. <laughs> okay, I'll accept that. No, no, actually, I taught school for in Alexander. I guess I forgot this part. I taught school for thirty-five years in Alexander District. No kidding. And one of my, and one of my students named Katie, I had I called her ornery all the time, and then she would say, "I'm not ornery. You're ornery." <laughs> and I would say, okay. And then the day that Patty, Tom, and I were were in uh, Passion Works trying to figure out a name, Katie walked in, and I said, hi, Ornery. And she said, I'm not Ornery, you know, so on. And yeah, sure. I said, Ornery, Ornery Cafe, that's good. And then I don't know who said it. Maybe it was me. Maybe it was one of the other people said, Ornery Vets Cafe even better and i said well that's it well this so katie you, is this uh is this a name i should know is, katie yeah are we no she, okay she, she works for ohio university okay, now i think I see. now you mentioned patty and tom and and folks we need to make sure you know who we're talking about we're talking about patty mitchell and tom stevenson that's correct now, Patty Mitchell, of course, has been on this program a, oh, a half dozen times over the years, always talking about passion works and what a great thing we are proud of here. Um, and they're, you know, they're like they're 
last year they had to do that little parade, mini parade in front of um, Zenner House and that sort of thing. And I guess they're going to do it again that way this year. Um, well, they, they also had a parade down at West State Street Park. Yes, yes, recently. Yeah, that that was fun, yeah. Well, um, okay, so this Ornery Vets Cafe, when did this idea first surface? It was a little over a year ago. Okay, and... and um, what, what, what's... What, what, okay... When you think of different things you can do, uh, this is a non a not for profit business, right? That's correct. That's kind of unique uh, to open a business without expecting to make a profit, but rather taking the profits and using it for good purposes within a community. Did I describe it pretty well? well? Yeah, yes, it does. That that's what we're trying to do. And we want everyone to have access to healthy food. And all our food is dietitian approved. And Chef Tom sees to that. So it's important that folks have high-quality food in this area, which may or may not have been. But it is now. <laughs> now, there's there's another name that comes up with the your uh, focus group that are doing this and that's is it mercadis mercadis mercedes oh is it really car okay yeah spelled a little differently but mercedes george now that's correct i was reading all sorts i was reading all sorts of materials about this person called sarge and uh the history you know this this how this store was developing this this uh cafe there we go and they yeah. kept referring to Sarge, but I couldn't figure out who Sarge was. But it's it's Mercedes, right? That's correct. And she has been an integral part of this cafe almost from the beginning. Now, she herself has had military service, yes? Yeah, she was a sergeant in the Marine Corps. I'll let you talk to her. She's right here. Oh, good. Well, uh, Mer- Mercedes, welcome. Um, Hi, so what's, what's your dream out for this project? You know, I mean, I know you all have a unified dream, but what's, why is it special to you? Uh, I think that what makes it special to me is how close that I feel to the project. You know, I left home at 18 to join the Marine Corps, which wasn't necessarily a unanimous support thing from my family. Everyone was petrified you know, you're going to be brainwashed it's dangerous women aren't supposed to be in the marine corps you know go to the air force go to the army somewhere that we know a little more about but that just wasn't for me i needed i needed that challenge i needed to know whether or not i could do it and i did and i was in for a little under six years and uh, i had a son a four-year-old now mm-hmm. and um my my goals in life just changed you know i became a mother and i love the ring corps i still do and there are plenty of days that i miss it but i wasn't willing to sacrifice my time being a mother so i came home and i felt what a lot of service members feel you know it doesn't matter if you're in for four years or 10 years it doesn't matter if you've deployed 10 times or you've never you know put boots in the sand you're different when you come home you know the transition is really hard you 
your whole mentality has changed. So when hearing about this project, I really, um, I really wanted to find a place where people could transition better. You know, it's not, it's not easy for transitioning military members to make that healthy transition because when you want to find like-minded people or to talk about things that you've been through more times than not, you have to find them in a bar. And it's, it's just not conducive to a healthy lifestyle and to making a good transition back. It's very dangerous for people who have, you know, grief issues, PTSD. So it was always really important to me for veterans to have a place where, you know, they could find other veterans and maybe deal with some of the things that they're going through that they don't feel comfortable speaking about. Because a lot of people don't understand if you've never been through it, you, you can't really empathize and you can't really understand what it's like. And that's what this place was for me you know, to give everybody that sense of purpose that sometimes you kind of feel like you lose when you come home. I had uh, three and a half years in the service. Um, I signed in for three years, and then I extended six months to finish a project, which is kind of weird. But anyway, <laughs> um, the I was there during the Vietnam War. Um, Joel was too. Um, what, what was going on when you were in Mercedes? Well, when I first enlisted, we were technically still involved in the global war on terrorism. We were still kind of essentially at war, you know, with Korea and things were still a little bit heated, Mm -hmm. but, um, I mean, it wasn't anything obviously compared to Vietnam, so I can't. I feel like I can't really speak to a comparison. I never had to deploy. You know, I I didn't have to ever deal with that. I've known plenty of people who did, but I was fortunate enough to never have to, you know, find myself in a combat zone or too much of a dangerous situation. So well, for me, it was just a lot of getting up at 3.30 in the morning to stand outside in the cold until 5 in the morning because Gunny decided he wanted to be late for a run. <laughs> Um, it's an odd thing, but at least on my mom's side of the family, I was the first person to wear a uniform in like almost 200 years. That's, that's amazing, you know? And, um, and so I have very little knowledge about it. I mean, my dad wanted to enlist, but he, they convinced him that his job as a civilian was so important that um, they wanted him to stay in his role in running major radio stations in Columbus and around the country. So um, he never had active service. But I'm I'm very proud of what I did, and and I look back on it with tremendous satisfaction, I think, Um, all that sort of thing. Now... But there's a lot of people that had a tough time. And as I read the stories about this ornery vet's cafe, one of the things you folks really want to focus on are those that have been troubled. Post-traumatic stress syndrome being uh, mentioned often. Now, um, how are you going to do that? Thanks, Serge. Uh, well, let, let me tell you, when I came back from Nam, there there was no place 
to get any help. I tried to get it through the VA. There was nothing. I don't even think PTSD was a syndrome at that time. Yeah. It was called battle fatigue right. or right. whatever. And uh, I was suffering pretty much and because I had nobody to tell, and I didn't want to tell war stories to people who were then appalled and kept their distance from me because they thought I was some kind of a monster. So I just kept my mouth shut for the most part for about 20 or 25 years. And I do not want today's veterans to have to go through what I did. And hence the Ornery Vets Cafe. We are. And then I think it's also kind of important to mention, because I think there's an extremely skewed view of what PTSD can be. You don't only have to have been stuck in a combat zone to have PTSD. You know, it's not only in firefights and, you know, watching your brothers and sisters in arms fall in the heat of battle. You can have PTSD from a sexual assault that has happened to you in the military. It happens all the time. And unfortunately, it goes many times unreported, unresolved. And it's sad to say that within the military justice system, it's not really handled the way that it should be. You see oftentimes people who still have to work with the person that assaulted them or really hurt them. And that's that's a really heavy, heavy burden to carry as an individual, to have to look your assailant in the face every day and maintain military bearing and not let that slip because that's what it's, that's what's expected of you. You know, at the end of the day, you're a Marine, you're a soldier, you're a sailor, you're an airman. You need to get it together, strap your boots on, and keep going. And as much as most do that, that doesn't make it any easier to handle. So we want to be here to kind of alleviate that and let people know this is a place that you can come to get help. And it's not easy to ask for help. You know, it's a, if I can be bold enough to say a military mindset that I'm tough enough, I can deal with it. Right. You know, veterans and military members, they don't like to be viewed as weak. You know, you choose the profession that you do because, you know, it's one of pride, it's one of strength, and you don't want to show weakness even after the fact. So it's really difficult for people to want to reach out and ask for help. And sometimes they don't know if they can or how to. And hopefully our big hope is this can be a place that, you know, lets them know it's okay to ask for help. It doesn't make you weak. We're here to help you. We're not here to judge you. We're not here to make you feel any less. You know, you should not feel any less pride in yourself. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to get that help and to, still be the best version of yourself that you can be. There is a thing that we're very proud of here in Athens called Passion Works. And it's been around a long time. And Patty and others that work there are just terrific. Now, somehow or other, y'all have formed, formed a junction on this project, right? Yeah, well... The way that happened was that I had walked into Passion Works one day and said to Patty, you know, this space that you have over on the other side yeah. 
of your staircase here would be ideal for a little cafe. And she called Tom Stevenson, who is Chef Tom from Ohio University. And they came in and looked at the space and, for whatever reason, decided at that time that it, it wouldn't work out very well. Okay. Well, a year or two, a year or two later, this space at the end of the line of buildings in which Passion Works is located came available. And I went to Patty and said, why don't we open a cafe at the end of the line of buildings here in at 30 East State? And she said, that's a good idea. Let's get Chef Tom involved because he knows what's going on in the world of restaurants and so on. And I said, that's, you know, that's perfect. So we started Ornery Vets. Cafe, which is a 5013C organization, which means it's a nonprofit. Patty, Tom, and I don't get paid anything, and we never will. I put a few thousand dollars into the business, and maybe someday I'll get that back. That would be nice. But if I don't, well, I guess I'll survive without it. But one of the things that we really wanted to do was help the disabled. Now, Patty and Tom are advocates for people with disabilities, Mm -hmm. and Sarge and I are advocates for veterans. So we thought maybe we could combine the two things and make this particular space easily accessible to wheelchairs, et cetera, et cetera, which we're in the process of doing right now. We got a grant through a part of Ohio University that is going to put an electric door in, an automatic door, so that just push a button, it opens, and you can wheel or walk in or whatever. So we are advocates of the disabled. The um, Now... Um, I'm trying to envision, I know most of that building, and there's a lot of uh-huh. it you can't see, which is down below. Um, Correct. But, um, That's but, where Precision Imprint is, yeah. and some apartments are in the lower area, in the basement area of the building. Well, um, so, is um, you know, if this place becomes popular, and I feel it will. Um, you're kind of oh, okay. limited on space, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, if it takes off, we'll rent someplace else. And I get we'll it. have okay. Ornery Cafe, too. Yeah. Well, it's, it's fun to think about. Now, uh, officially, am I correct, you're opening tomorrow? No, we've been open for a couple of weeks now, but tomorrow is our grand opening. A grand we've had opening. what's called okay. a soft opening. So, soft opening, sure. Yeah. Get the bugs worked out, make sure things run smoothly, and then tomorrow do the ribbon cutting and all that. That's correct. Well, now, let, let me add one, one more thing. Sarge had said that we are going to try to deal with people with, let's say, post-traumatic stress. Yeah. 
Now, I think our role is going to be finding help for them. Mm-hmm. For n- number one. And number two, we would like to start a PTSD group here one or two nights a week and possibly a, a, a grief group and volunteer counseling. I mean, we have a lot of goals and plans and so on. And one of our goals is to recognize veterans and first responders and essential workers because of the COVID crisis. And one of the reasons why it took us a year to open well, because of COVID. COVID. Yes, of course. Yeah. The, um, the, the you know, <clears throat> okay, so let's, let's take it a little further. For some reason or other, I have never gotten engaged in veterans groups until just recently. I just recently joined the American Legion. Haven't been there yet, but I joined it. Um, and there's other groups. Good move. Yeah, sir? I, Good I, move. Oh, thank you. Um I've been there with other people who were members, but I now I am a member. Now, um, the, the, but the Ornery Vets Cafe is meant to serve people besides veterans as well. Correct? Yeah, that's correct. And, and, Absolutely. And it's so, open to the public. Yeah. So name some of those um, other particularly um well i what i'm getting at is like uh frontline emergency workers or law enforcement um it's yeah, we have delivered coffee to uh our local ohio university pd and to uptown to the Athens Police Department and right. out to the fire department as a gesture of goodwill. Mm-hmm. Now, now that's only that's very 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 small percentage of the people, and we're trying to reach everyone. I mean, you don't have to be a veteran, you don't have to be a first responder, you don't have to have ever been associated with some major worldwide crisis, but you can have post-traumatic stress, just like Sarge said. It, it, it is not just relegated to the military and first responders. I have known people who, are, who have post-traumatic stress that witnessed an accident yes. in, at home in Cleveland and, and never got past it. And what, what we're trying to do, I have spoken to a licensed psychologist to try to get a PTSD group started here. And simply what we would do is just have a place to meet and talk after hours. I mean, we'll be closed. It may be six or seven o'clock at night. We might get only three or four people, or we might get 34. (laughs) I don't know. With social distancing, we'll have to, uh, deal with that when the, when the time comes. But, you know, we want to help. That's that's our mantra, is, is we want to help. 
So, <clears throat> long-range goal. Short-range goal. Pick whatever you want. Um, why is this so important to you? I think it's important for various different reasons. You know, obviously we're really covering the veteran, first responder, all that aspect. You know, that's, it's not, that's not a segregated thing. It's not just assigned to one area. You have that everywhere. And to go along with that, I think the healthy food options that we provide are also extremely important. You know, a lot of places, especially in Southeast Ohio, are technically in, you know, food deserts. People are too far to have access to healthy food, to fresh produce. So they kind of resort to foods that aren't so good for them. You know, individuals that may be disabled or have a disability that might have a disability, you know, more times than not, they're not really offered healthy food options. They're given what's convenient. They're given what's quick, whatever, you know, their caretaker or whoever is assigned to them can get them. And it's, it's not good. It's not conducive to their life. It actually shortens their lifespan, I think, up to seven years just based off of processed food choices. But if we are able long term, you know, to expand, we would love to have a dozen ornery vets cafes all over the place, one in Columbus, one in Lancaster and Logan all over the place to offer people, you know, the help that they need, not just for PTSD and grief, but, you know, a safe place that they can go just to feel welcome to feel like, you know, they're not, I don't know that they don't have to feel like they can't have access to things that they would like to have like healthy food or being able to just be in a wheelchair and go to a cafe and, and, enjoy a coffee by the window bar you know we have the students in the engineering college here at ohio university working on um an adaptable coffee bar that goes in our window that if someone comes in and they're in a wheelchair they don't have to sacrifice not sitting by the window and enjoying the sunshine Mm -hmm. they can easily adjust the counter and enjoy their coffee right there and not have to leave their chair and not have to worry about i guess in a sense missing out on those little things that most of us probably don't think about, you know, you don't go through your day thinking about the struggle that someone who is in a wheelchair might deal with, you know, not having access to certain places, not being able to go to certain restaurants and enjoy things just because they can't maneuver there. Now, a very obvious thing to me is the absence of alcohol. Um, you're, what you, I, I looked at your menu last night and there's things I've never heard of in terms of flavors and syrups and things like that that you might add to a coffee or to an iced beverage. Um, but th- this, is a, this is not a bar at all. And, no. Um, and then the food offerings, a lot of wonderful baked things like breads and, and uh, those sort of things. But I think probably as you get more and more along the way, you'll have some regular sandwiches and things like that that are extra special, right? Yeah, absolutely. We're slowly in the process of discussing getting a a sandwich bar with Tri-County Culinary Arts. They Mm -hmm. have one that they might either be willing to sell or donate. Um, They're pretty bogged down from COVID and getting everything set up with the students being back. So we're just patiently waiting on their decision. We would love to be able to have a sandwich bar where people can come in and 
let us know what they would like on a sandwich and they could take it to go or sit in and eat. We would love to do paninis at some point to get a panini press to be able to offer paninis, something a little more hearty to kind of fill people up more though, more so than a muffin would, I guess I could say. Now, how many, take a guess, I, I'm, I'm sure you haven't counted, how many different varieties of coffees, not coffee itself, but, well, I don't even know what I'm trying to say here. How many different <laughs> things are there to choose from? Mercy, it's a bunch. Um, uh, well, between flavorings certainly. and then hot and cold and um, this type of coffee, that type of coffee, you know what I mean. And then yeah, some non-coffee drinks as well, right? So to a yeah, coffee have- uh, to a coffee lover, <laughs> they gotta love it. But um, and I do like coffee. But anyway, go. I I should shut up and let you talk. No, it's fine. So currently, unfortunately, we don't have an espresso machine. We've been wanting to get one, and they were on back order, and mm-hmm. they're nowhere under $4,000. So yep, yep. we most definitely are looking for one, and we probably we need assistance in finding one and being able to get one in so we can offer more. But as it stands now, we have, you know, six different coffee options, you know, just regular brewed coffee. We offer a Mocha Joe, which is just a coffee, hot chocolate combination, decaf, of course, cold brew, iced coffee, pour overs. And then the options just continue to go on from there. You know, we have different milk options. We offer almond milk, soy milk, oat milk, coconut, half and half. We make a special in-house sweet cream called Sarger's Sweet Cream. So we make that in-house. We have about 20 to 23 different flavor options, which are all zero calories, zero sugar, non-GMO, zero carb, keto-friendly, made in the USA. And we've heard actually a lot of really great feedback. Everyone around here really, really loves the flavor shots that we do too. So that's an added benefit. You know, you can't beat it if it's good for you and it tastes good. Mercedes or Sarge, how, how did you come to learn about all of this? When I came home in December of 2018, I, I had a big decision to make. You know, I decided that I wasn't going to be, you know, the first female master guns in my MOS in the Marine Corps. And I needed, I needed to chase a new dream. I needed to have a new goal. I needed to find a new purpose. And I'm a very driven person. So not having a goal was going to be dangerous for me. Mm-hmm. So I decided that I would go back to school. And when I was 12, I wanted to own my own business. I don't really know why that started, but I always dreamed of having my own little cafe. And then I came to OU and decided that I would be a BSS student, a bachelor specialized study, which is just building your own degree. Yes, pretty much. of course. So I, I spent a year going to school and getting everything fine-tuned, selecting the right courses that I felt would be best for me. And I had to get faculty to sign off to make sure, you know, I wasn't crazy and picking anything that didn't make sense. And that is where I met Tom. He was a colleague of one of the professors whose class that I had just taken the semester before. And out of professional respect, you know, Professor Donnie Brown said, you know, I want you to talk to Professor Stevenson, seeing as how, you know, his courses are on your list. Mm -hmm. I went in and sat down. And the first thing that Tom said to me was, I usually don't sign these ever. And I immediately began to sweat. Well, the (laughs) specialized studies. That certificate? Okay. 
and uh, I was I was nervous. You know, I worked really hard for an entire year at this degree and had my heart set on it. And he kind of just scooted my paper aside. He said, you know, I'll worry about this in a minute. What I want you to do is tell me about your passion. And I had spent a week rehearsing how to discuss why I picked my courses and why I chose what I chose, but I, I wasn't prepared to talk about my passion. You know, no one, no one had ever asked me that question before because it, it wasn't important before. And I sat there and I kind of just started talking about what I wanted to do. And before I knew it, I had rambled on for about 12 minutes and he just kind of looked at me. He said, you know, with your eyes. And I got nervous again thinking, I don't know, did I go cross-eyed? Did I lose him? (laughs) Did I ruin it? And he said, no. He said, I can see there's a fire there. You know, this is something that you really, really want. You're very passionate about. And I told him, I said, yeah, I've felt this way since I was 12 years old. And I kind of just tucked it away and thought that I was chasing realistic dreams. And he said, you know, I, I have someone I want you to meet. If you can make it on Wednesday, I would like you to talk to him. And that was on Monday. And on Wednesday, I came to PassionWorks, and that's where I met Joel, who stared me down for the entire two-hour conversation about what Ornivest was. And by the end of it, he uh, he said, you know what, Sarge, I like you. I think you're the perfect fit. And we've uh, we've been partners ever since. <laughs> Great story. Well, what um... I would like be before we hit the end of this to recognize since we are a 5013C any donations that are made to us are tax deductible right and and that that's really important and so far we've had Lauren Moore donated the entire floor for us kitchen creations found us a countertop Hocking Valley Bank has donated money. S&J Plumbing has helped us with the plumbing. Of course, Passion Works has helped a lot with Mallory and Nancy being artists who mm-hmm. have decorated the space. We did have one civilian <laughs> only donate money, and her name was Grace Driscoll. So she's super. Richard Schultz was our architect for free. Fenster Maker Law took care of us. Jeff Messina gave us a, a, a big juice machine that we'll use. Rick Grant, Cecil Dillon, Nick Dillon, Sarge, myself, Tom, Patty. You know, th- th- this is a community affair. And, and it's for everyone, not just veterans. This is for everyone who cares about anyone else. It's that simple. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Hey, Joel, this is Scott Daly. How are you doing? Hi, Scott Daly. How are you? Good, good. First of all, thank uh, both of you for your service to our country and uh, a really, really nice cafe and thing you're doing there for everyone who likes everyone, as you said. Um, Before we moved on, I had a quick question. Uh, this uh, hopefully will help you there. How can folks donate to the Ornery Vets Cafe? And as you mentioned, it is tax deductible, whether it's monetary or uh, uh, products, I presume. How can they donate? Who do they get in touch with? Well, they can get in touch with us at the cafe. 
stop in or me personally, or they can simply write a check to Ornery Vets Cafe, and I will send them our tax uh, deductible information, and then they can use that to write off the donation. What, what we actually seem to need right now is an espresso machine so that we can get a little fancier with our coffees, and that's about four grand. Mm-hmm. So if anybody wants to write a check for that, <laughs> that would be really nice. We also need a laser printer. If anybody has a laser printer laying around that they're not using, we can use it. Uh, and thank you for asking that. We have pretty much been working off of Joel's savings, <laughs> and uh, it's running out. So it's, it would be really nice to be able to get some dollars so that we can buy some things that we need. Oh, I forgot to add uh, Wasserstrom Corporation in Columbus set us up with a lot of equipment that we were able to buy at a very reasonable price. So I, uh, sorry, I had to include them as well. Yeah, the large restaurant supplier. Yes, yes. Well, I just think this is kind of fun and exciting, and I, I'm kind of curious who I'm going to meet when I go there and, and uh, get to know. And maybe it's someone that I've known for years but didn't know of their background. And, you know, it's... Oh, I understand. Yeah. I understand. We, we've also had a lot of college folks stop by, Ohio University students, and get things like our bubble tea and our fresh fruit and uh, vegetable sh- smoothies and uh, cold brew coffee. It, it's been, it gets better every day, which is really kind of impressive. <laughs> yeah. <of laughs> For course. a little hole in the wall like we have here. <laughs> well, you know, Athens is known for unique. And um, well, what you're doing pretty is unique pretty unique, indeed. Yeah. Uh, what have we failed to bring out that you think would be fun or, or important to know? Well, I, I think that what would be great is if we could get some licensed counselors to volunteer some time in the evening so that we can schedule groups for various different psychological ailments, you know, post-traumatic stress, alcoholism, drug addiction. Have you talked to John Schmeeding? Who? John Schmeeding. I have not. Okay. I remember him from, from my kid's school at River Valley a hundred years ago. <laughs> Well, John still um, is very active in working with various counseling groups. Um, Okay, good. And, you know, he may know of some that have particular knowledge in the areas you're talking about uh, and can, um, and you know, being a kind of a senior guy in the business of counseling, um, he could help... um, Line, um, make some connections for you. 
Well, so, that that would be good. John, if you're listening, give us a yeah. call. He lives up on Highland. Oh, I know where that is. Okay. Yeah, I'm out on Peach Ridge. Yeah. And um, Okay, I'll get his phone number from you off sure. the air unless right. you want everybody to call him. Well, I probably won't do that. <laughs> but, uh, yes, we'll, we'll get that later on. Um, okay, cool. But... Um, and he knows about everything that's going on. So, you know, there may be something that is already in existence that could fold into this and help both parties. So that that would be cool, too, right? Um, yeah, that would be incredible, actually. Sure. How about, um, I, I don't know if this is a good question or not, but how about the VA for any resource help? Would they be somebody you may be able to look to? Well, the, the the VA recently has done a much, much better job than they have in the past. Yes. I, I am a, I'm 100% disabled due to post-traumatic stress and various other issues. So I have access to all the VA facilities. If you're not, a hundred percent, you don't have access to all these facilities. It's it's kind of a strange set of affairs, but we have people, or I know people, who can help young veterans negotiate this system. There's a gentleman in West Virginia who has contacted me, who was a VSO for years, a veteran service officer, and he's retiring soon, and he called and said he would be willing to help. There's a gentleman in Lancaster who is very well-versed, who comes to our post-traumatic stress meetings at the VA. So we do have people that we can turn to, and I've been through the entire system, and a lot of us old-timers have, and young guys give up too quickly. I mean... (laughs) After the VA shuts them down the first time or the second time, they they just have to keep fighting in order to get what they deserve. And I think it's really important to note the VA is a great resource when you can access it. A lot of times, you know, veterans, the hospitals are so far in Chillicothe and Columbus and as much as it may not seem like such a far drive, if you're really struggling or you're really hurting, a drive to Columbus could it could really mean life or death for someone. So being able to have the support here in a closer, more local area and being able to have smaller places that people can go to where they don't have to sit in a waiting room for three hours just to be seen by someone to say, well, we can prescribe you this medication or, you know, come back and we'll review at at the current standing, veterans are committing suicide 22 a day, and it's, it's too high. Yeah. It's too high. There's not enough help, yeah. and the VA, of course, has their hands full, but more has to be done. So we don't mind taking on some of that work and trying to make sure that we're getting some of that work done here. That's terrific. Well, before I finish up here and let Dave do this, when Dave was mentioning what the word ornery meant, the definition, I think Dave could qualify for a, a few of those, <laughs> for for sure. Well, what do you think, Dave? 
Let's see here. <laughs> Grouchy, grumpy, yep. cranky, yep. crotchety, yep. cantankerous, yep. bad-tempered. <laughs> I'm halfway. Well, you're perfect. You'll fit right oh, in. Oh, here we go. Pig-headed. <laughs> you know, Joyce Mullins uh, is who first made contact with me and said, would you do the show? Joyce was a member of our staff for some years. Um She's done a great job for you in promoting this thing. Um, you know, at, oh, you did a wonderful story about it. And um, I just clearly there's a lot of people that want to f- help you folks and see you succeed, and I'm going to be one of them too. So, um, Joel, thank you. Mercedes, I look forward to meeting you if we haven't met yet. Um, and of course, Patty and uh, I'm, I don't think I've met Tom Stevenson, but I will. But I've known Patty for years. Anyway, keep it up. And happy ribbon cutting tomorrow. And folks, go to the Ornery Vets Cafe. Now, the hours of operation are 9 to 3, Monday through Saturday. Okay. And jo- Joyce Mullins is one of our two volunteers who come in to help out when she's needed, and Cecil Dillon is the other. Well, uh, Joyce, uh, I didn't know she drank coffee, but that's okay. Um, that was a joke. Uh, <laughs> kind of a dumb <laughs> dumb one. Um, okay. Well, the only thing you need here, Dave, is love. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I can buy into that. That's all right. That's part of my Come failure, I think. He may be down there after the show when we're finished here in a couple minutes. On my way to the post office, right? <laughs> okay, Very listen, Joe Laughman. You know, I saw a picture of you, and I realize I've known you for years. I just haven't known you well, so I look forward to doing that. And um, Mercedes, I, I'll meet you, and I, we'll be down there, my wife and I. Thank well, you. just keep plugging for us, okay. guys. Sure will. Be happy to do it. Yes. All right. Well, thank so you, late. folks. We'll let you go now. Yes, thank you both. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. Well, let's see here. Uh, nice story, right? Yeah. See, I was looking at pictures of uh, the cafe. Neat place. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're, they've, been in, they've been doing their thing for a while now, but, you know, sort of, what do you call it, a soft opening. Yeah. And even even big restaurant chains that are part of big organizations have soft openings. Yeah. Uh, did it, anyone mention they are at 30 East State Street? It was mentioned twice. Was it? Okay. But can't hurt to do it again. Right. The old uh, what, so, bus station, I guess it is? Where the bus station used to be way long ago. and um, But in that, in that group, you've got Passion Works in... One end of it, and then the Ornery Vets Cafe on the other. In the middle is Zoe's. Yes. And then you have um, a performance signs also. Yeah. If you remember the old magic video, that's where it is. That's right. Although, didn't it have two locations? Uh, I think it may have, yeah. The one on East State Street there, right, right. Um, up where they are now, where the cafe is. Folks, we've got about, uh, I don't know, 12 seconds or so. Um, It's a beautiful day out there. Enjoy it. 72 the high. 69 the high tomorrow. 61 on Friday. Enjoy it. I'm gonna. 
I'm going to do a... In our 71st year of service in Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N's. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. The House will be in order. Debate has resumed in Congress on President Biden's COVID relief package, which would provide $1,400 stimulus checks to many Americans, as well as an extension of $300 jobless benefits and larger child tax credits. Georgia Republican Marjorie Taylor Greene says the price is too high. $1.9 trillion in spending is reckless, irresponsible, and the wrong thing to do. New York Democrat Brian Higgins. This plan is supported by 75% of the American people, will return the American economy to full employment and will grow that economy by 6%, a rate not seen in many, many decades. Democrats are expected to pass the legislation today and send it on to the president's desk. CBS News has learned the Biden administration will purchase 100 million additional vaccine doses from Johnson & Johnson. No details yet on when they'll be